Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. This is John Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for Late Night Reds Talk. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special edition of Late Night Reds Talk. Not live this time, I guess. Um, With Nick being on vacation this week, uh, we decided we were going to put something up that we recorded uh, a few weeks ago. So uh, Carlos is not with us, uh, but it is me, Tim Daniel, as always, with Mr. Nick Kirby himself. How are you, man? I'm good. What's going on? Uh, So, yeah. When you're watching this, I'm on vacation, but I'm here right now. So, yes. Ooh. <laughs> so since Nick's on vacation, uh, we obviously can't cover what's going on the week of the Cubs series and the Marlins homestand uh, while he's gone. But we will kind of this episode's going to be kind of just a little fun shooting the shit and kind of talking the history of one of our favorite players of all time. Uh, we're going to kind of go through remembering, you know, all the things we love and this as he's still currently slugging the way that we all remember of Joey Votto and kind of go through his career and his career arc and just what we remember about him coming up and you know through the great years the MVP years the Reds playoff years and just everything he's been able to do uh, and the years he should have won MVP that he didn't not to bring up any sore subjects by any means Um, but Nick I know for you and I this is you know obviously Carlos has a very close relationship with Joey Votto so for him, it's a little different than how we look at him as guys who, you know, grew up loving the Reds and, you know, we're in the same age group. So we've kind of, we've gotten to see his whole career and we've gotten to see him be pretty amazing. And the best part about it is, you know, not like when we were kids and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady could come up, we saw their careers. Like this is something we like as adults starting to really understand the game of baseball more than just like, I like this player and I like that player. This was kind of like the guy for us. Yeah. I mean, the Reds have had, you know, two hall of fame players in, in my lifetime, Barry Larkin and, and Joey Votto, but the difference between Votto and Larkin in terms of like, you know, fandom for someone like, you know, our age, um, Votto came up, I think it was 20 years old when he came up. So like Votto has been like a Cincinnati red, like my entire adult life. Yeah. Um, and you know, like when, when, it's hard to appreciate a hall of fame, like caliber player when you're a kid. Um, um, I didn't watch every Reds game when I was a kid. Every Reds game wasn't even on, right. you know, whereas, I mean, 
I've probably watched 90% of Joey Votto's games. That's uh, probably terrifying for people, but like, um, yeah, I mean, like, like this is, this is our guy. Like, you know, I've watched him every single day and, uh, um, it's just, you know, it's just, there'll never be another Joey Votto. And I don't know, you know, there's no guarantee the Reds will have another hall of fame player. Um, right. We hope they have several more, but there's other franchises that would go decades and decades and decades without having a hall of fame caliber player. So, you know, I, I we're going to kind of go through, of course, his whole career, but for Reds fans, and I'm sure most people listening to this are are with me on this but man appreciate these last couple years you're gonna have with joey Votto because you're never gonna have another one like that and you might not have another hall of fame caliber player for a long time yeah i mean like you said like for teams to go just decades and decades um you know like the brewers are a perfect example after paul molitor you couldn't make the case for ryan braun but obviously with his mvp year and the questions about you know, testing positive, I think that his Hall of Fame resume is probably out the door. Um, I don't necessarily know if Christian Yelich has done enough to earn us to earn the possibility of going to Cooperstown. So, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Of course, I say that. We know how this goes every time I say something about another <laughs> players. We love you, Christian. Brewers. We love you. We love you. You're great. You're a great you're player. Great. Yes. base king, man. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, it's been really special. And the other cool thing, the coolest thing about Joey Votto that I really appreciated is – you know, not necessarily. I always felt like he kind of got like, did you ever see 61? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I always felt like, you know, and it's pretty well known, like that's pretty accurate as far as how Yankee fans treated Roger Maris. I always feel like Votto was treated that same way with Cincinnati for a lot of his career where it was, you know, well, he's hitting third in the order and, you know, he's making all this money and he's got to be driving in runs when it's like, I don't give a shit. Like I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to help my team win my way. And guess what? He has for a long time. So, um, you know, I think too, what the cool, the other thing is as Joey was coming up through the minors in this organization, he was definitely, I wouldn't say overshadowed cause he did win. Some, you know, he was a features game MVP. Um, was definitely talked about as definitely rumored in a lot of trades in the two thousands, as far as like a prospect that could be moved him and Jay Bruce were, but he was kind of overshadowed by guys like Jay Bruce and Homer Bailey as he was coming up. Yeah. That's a great, great point that you, you bring that up, I kind of segue into like as Joey Votto came in in, in 2007 and kind of talk about kind of where I fit in and and if, if anyone cares in my fandom and, and and things like that. So I know I've, I've told people before um, I was a diehard Reds fan when I was a kid, like probably everyone in Cincinnati. Um, and the Reds moved to cable, I think, in 2000. And um, I, my family didn't have cable. And so it really was hard for me to like keep a, an interest as a teenager, you know, um, in a team where you can't watch them on TV. Um, so I, I kind of fell out of touch with Reds baseball for most of the 2000s. Um, I went, away, it's funny thing is I actually went away to college and went to school in Virginia. Um, and uh, in uh, 2006 through 2008, and uh, some of my best friends in, in college were big baseball fans. They were big Atlanta Braves fans. And for whatever reason, that kind of triggered me into like wanting to get back into baseball. Um, and so I, I know I've written about this story before, but it's great. It's, I think it's a decent parallel from what Tim was saying about how Joey was kind of overshadowed. 
when I, in 2008, I really wanted to come, come back and go to a baseball game first thing. And I just somehow miraculously lucked into it being Jay Bruce's uh, debut. And, um, you know, everyone knows how that night went that night really was like the night. Okay. Yeah. I, I really want to get back into baseball that, that pushed me back that, that made me fall back in love with baseball, but I didn't really know who Joey Votto was. I mean, I kind of been like casually following the reds, but like, even during that 2008 season, um, you know, we, you, you look at Votto, he had a, um, um, a pretty good year. He had a, you know, 125 OPS plus that year. Um, but it was Jay Bruce was the the guy. He was supposed to be the superstar. And it never turns out that way. Again, we've already talked on the show. We love Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce had a great career and, and, and yeah. there's nothing but praise for his career. But that was supposed to be, you know, Jay Bruce's thing. And I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in Jay Bruce's debut, Votto batted seventh. I believe. He was he was he definitely wasn't the top of the order. And so that just kind of showed you where the reds and where dusty baker thought that that joey Votto kind of fell even though he came up 2007 um had a really nice september um um 2008 had a great year but he was that like you know not 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 jay bruce yeah not to mention 2008 joey Votto was a candidate for nationally rookie of the year he comes in second uh to was it giovanni soto yeah yeah mainly because the cubs made the playoffs that year and the reds didn't um but you know, from that point, and I remember, I remember just kind of like, you know, the city kind of getting behind, like, this guy's pretty good. And, um, you know, if you go back to 2007, when he comes up, um, Scott Hatterberg was there. And that was kind of what was kind of keeping Joey down in Louisville for a while. I mean, coming off of 2006, Vada was the double A league MVP. Um, we've joked on this show many times about the fact that in double A, he led, he, he led the Chattanooga lookouts in stolen bases. Um actually was fifth in the league that year in stolen bases uh, with 25. And, you know, now obviously, you know, no one really knows him to be necessarily fleet of foot, um, but, you know, had, had that ability at that time comes up and, you know, spend some time in Louisville, obviously rakes down there um, comes up with Cincinnati and um, you know, being behind Hatterberg, the Reds were trying to find a place to give him the order. There's video out there of Joey Votto playing left field at times. And, um, Thank God he ended up being a first baseman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Votto did bat, bat seventh in that debut. He actually had three hits in Jay Bruce's debut, kind of like a side note. Like, he had a great night, too. Um, he had an 883 OPS at that point. So, he was, you know, doing really well. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of – that. that's kind of the interesting thing about kind of where Joey Votto's career started, that he was, you know, the, towards the bottom of the – um, the order. And then of course, you know, just had a, a, a great year. And, and then I think, you know, um, um, by the, by, by the couple months later down the line, he was, he was batting, you know, I think, I think third for the majority of the rest of the year, but yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, just kind of having that feel finally of like, okay, we have, you know, this young talent, these first basemen, cause you know, it was him, it was Homer Bailey. It was, um jay bruce obviously like we talked about and just kind of seeing the collective group and you know where nick was kind of talking about how he wasn't really into baseball at that time in high school my friends were really into baseball and they were like hey this reds minor league system they have like these prospects these guys are gonna be really good uh chris dickerson came up at that time frame he was a guy people were really high on to be an outfitter of the future and ended up being pretty good um so yeah and then you kind of 
go into that 08 year where he has a hell of a year. Uh, the Reds weren't necessarily very good that year. That's the year that Ken Griffey Jr. gets traded to the White Sox at the deadline. Um, and, you know, Dunn got he, traded too. Dunn got yeah, traded. Dunn got traded to Arizona. I think people kind of forget that that's been a half season with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, brought us back. Uh, Mike uh, Owings. And, and Tom Brenneman. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the Griffey trade was Nick Massett, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or as we remember him, Nick Mass hits. Hey, Nick Mass had an underrated career. Um, um, he 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 had some he had some bad moments with the Reds, but um, I'd take a Nick Massett. I'd take a Nick Massett right now. <laughs> I would have taken Nick Massett back in May. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, so yeah, so they go to the 09 season. And I don't know if you really oh, remember. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can I, can I bring up one more point on 2008? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please I just do. don't want to like backtrack. No. Just something I'm, I'm, you know, kind of looking through as we kind of go along this. Uh, so Dusty Baker obviously was like a very big, like, you know, if, if you were batting third in Dusty Baker's lineup, that was, it wasn't, he didn't just didn't throw someone third. Like that right. was a, a big deal. Votto did not bat his first game third until game number 134 of the of the, the the season i don't know if he did in 2007 or not but but in 2008 not till 134 and he finished second in the rookie of the year vote yeah i guess when they traded dunn and griffey that was when they're like all right we can bring you up in the order now <laughs> yeah because those guys weren't shells of themselves at that time actually dunn was still pretty good i shouldn't say that um but yeah and griffey was an all-star the year before uh, but you know they go to the 09 season and it's like the second, you know, they kind of are, you know, they're young, young core, they, but they can see they have something there. And this, fortunately, this is the part where uh, Votto leaves the season earlier. Um, unfortunately, his dad passes, so he kind of took some time out. But do you remember like an 09, like just kind of seeing him and you're like, man, like this is pretty awesome. Yeah, when when Votto um, um, left the team, he had a 1,091 OPS. And um, probably most of our our listeners, viewers, whatever, understand like OPS. But for those who might not, uh, well, we'll use OPS probably a lot in this episode yeah. just because it kind of is a, an easy uh, uh, place marker. Um, anything over a thousand is is really good. Like it's probably like an equivalent of hitting like 350 if you're looking at batting average. So he was close to 1100, which is like that's like 400 hitter almost. It's kind of yeah. like the equivalent. Um, so like when he left that team, um, man, he was just killing it. Like, and, uh, um, I, I think, I think maybe that, that kind of gets, gets lost a little bit was just how, and, and he was dealing with so much too. And he was still producing yeah. at that just an incredible level. Yeah. I think it's too, um, you know, that was kind of really before the thing about like that time frame you know, we're in a point now where you see athletes like really speak openly about like mental health and things like that. Um, we didn't have that a lot back then. Yeah. So that was like pretty, you know, it was really not that it was cool because obviously it's a tragedy, it's a terrible situation, but it was impressive to see an athlete that was open, like willingly openly to be like, I gotta go do my thing for a little while. I'll be back. But I, you know, and that was something that was pretty neat. Um, just to kind of see that someone was brave enough to like do that at the time when baseball wasn't really, kind of like acknowledging that a whole lot um so that was great and that was something that they you know we saw that he did obviously and, and he comes back uh they trade for scott Rowland because they're like maybe next year this team can compete drew Stubbs comes up and 
everyone's pretty high on him. Um, I, I thought he was going to be a superstar. I thought for sure he was going to be a superstar. We all did. We all did. Yeah. Um, Ryan Hannigan's up at that time. So you can see this young Reds group finally coming up and like getting their, getting their feet wet and kind of Vada leading the way as Scott Rowland comes in. And you kind of really start to see this team kind of make a turn towards like, oh man, they're not too far away from being pretty good. Yeah. Um, um, for real, they were, um, 18 and nine in September of, of 2009. So, you know, I know momentum is, is a very overrated thing, yes. but, but I do think, I mean, that team definitely um, really started changing the trajectory of the franchise late in that year. And um, yeah, I think it's a great point that you brought up about how, you know, when, when that happened to Votto, that was not a normal thing to talk about, which is a shame of course, but um, I thought Votto, when he came back, he did like a sit-down interview, I think it was with George Brand. Um, and that was the introverted Joey Votto. That was not the Joey Votto right. we see and we, you know, we love today. Um, and, and he was very, very brave and just sat down and talked about it. And, um, you know, he could have just said, hey, you know, I had these vertigo issues. and, and But they could, probably could have swept it under the rug, really, to be honest. But but um, yeah, I like to think maybe that helped change our was one of the the one of the many you know players that have 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 been brave and, and, and stepped up and spoken out and has kind of changed how how that's viewed. It. I mean, to Cincinnati's credit, I don't feel like Joey Votto for the most part, out of a few dumb loud voices, I feel like most people, even in two thousand nine, this wasn't our superstar Joey Votto yet. Still, like, yeah was pretty um understanding for 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 that time frame yeah i think what was the coolest thing was so i was working at a store called cardboard heroes at the time which was like a sporting goods apparel store oh, yeah, they yeah. Sold, we sold jerseys and stuff like that and we could not keep joey Votto jerseys on the shelves man like it was like pretty cool because you know at that time like we've said multiple times the show it was jay bruce you already heard about he was minor league player of the year we can't wait for him to come up palmer bailey was the pitcher that started in the futures game but people were like, hey, do you guys have Votto jerseys? And we like would fly through them. So I was like, all right, cool. Like you see like a cornerstone here. Um, and then like, you know, when the Roland trade comes in, you have Roland there to kind of show him more of taking that next step and just how big that was for Joey's career. Like you said, they go 18 and nine. And we go into the off season kind of thinking like, you know, this team could be pretty darn good. Uh, obviously they signed a role to Chapman. Uh, I didn't even mention, you know, the fact that Johnny Cueto was, you know, coming into his own still at that time and there's the josh hamilton year obviously that moves on to bring the medicine volquez who was an all-star for a year so vado kind of being leading the way into this 2010 season where there were still some older guys there like i think aaron harang started opening day that year against st yeah. louis yeah um but you saw like him and you saw uh, ramon hernandez comes over and he ends up being really big for this team and um just kind of seeing like them getting that veteran core to help these young guys as they get forward and Votto kind of, like I said, being the center of it. Uh, Johnny Gomes had some crazy stretch that year where he was super good, like hitting behind Votto. So like that 2010 team is, you know, although we know how the season ended, was definitely one of my favorite teams. And obviously, you know, we'll get into that quite a bit, but that was, you know, Votto's MVP year. Yeah, the, the 2010 team would, would be, if there's one team that would be my most favorite Reds team since this current one, it'd be the 2010. Like that's probably as far back as I'd go if I'm was ranking. And I don't know. I might like this current team more than the, the I do too. 2010 team. I don't know. 
jury's still out on that. That 2010 team was so stinking fun. And, and Joey Vada was just larger than life that year. Um, I go back in that, that, that season, you know, there's so many memories from that season that stick out, but the one that for Vada that made the six out is, so the Reds are down six, three in the ninth against the Phillies. Um, it's a regular season game. Brad Lidge is the closer for the Phillies lights out closer. One of the best in the game. Um, um, Reds are at the bottom of their order and they get a guy on base. And like, I was in the stadium and like, everyone is like, all right, Hey, can they get to Joey? Can they get Joey to the plate? And they get Joey to the plate with two outs. And sure enough, he has a three run bomb. And like, you know, Joey Votto, like in, in 2009, he had like, I think a nine, 980 OPS. Um, in 2010, he was just destroying it even at that point. But when he hit that three-run homer, it's just like that felt like the moment to me that I was like, oh, wow, this guy is on another level. This isn't just a, a really, really good player. This isn't like – like, and I, I love Adam Dunn to death, and I hope no one takes this wrong, but like Adam Dunn is a great player. But Adam Dunn didn't feel like that. That's right. when he, that's kind of when Joey Votto, I think, separated from like the Adam Dunn level player, at least for me. And, and it's probably completely, you know, hyperbole and, and, and over exaggeration for one moment. But that one moment for me, that was the the Joey Votto moment. And uh, man, I can watch that. Um, Tom actually had a phenomenal call of that 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 home run, and they lo- they lost the game, but it was just oh man, it's just such a incredible moment. It's so funny you bring up that Philly series because I was at the game the next day. They played a day game and how they pitched. Yeah. They and they him. were, yeah, they were down two to one going into the seventh. And Bruce hit a homer in the seventh to tie the game. And Votto hit a homer in the eighth to take the lead. And they won in the ninth, three to two. And I just remember like that was kind of my like, all right, we, we got something here. Like this is, this is the guy. Um, and, you know, just kind of like, and you started like reading the reports at the time. You're like, uh, like a little couple months later, it's like, could Joey Votto potentially be the MVP? Is this a guy that's going to get counts for that? Because you got to think like at that time in the national league, Albert Pujols was still on top of the world. Lance Berkman was terrific. Um, there's a hundred names I could list that were just awesome. in national league players. So for us to kind of have like our guy, uh, Chase Utley was tremendous that year for the Phillies, um, which is kind of another name, but um, and Hanley Ramirez was gaining steam. So yeah, like I said, I can name a ton of dudes, but, uh, you know, for us to kind of have our guy here and kind of like be the, you know, the, the guy of the future was really cool. Um, I think one of the, the, the moments that really sticks out from that year, especially is later in the year, um, he kind of had that little brief slump in September and they're playing the pirates and he doesn't even start the Saturday night game. He comes in and pinch hits to the bottom of the nights. It's a walk-off Homer. And like, that's one of those moments I was like, all right, this is, this is fucking cool. That was, um, I'm not going to say, anything. I'm going to be nice and not say anything mean, but that was the Pete Rose night. Wasn't it? That was the first like night he was back on the field. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it was a huge crowd and, um, I think it was Memorial day weekend. Cause they were wearing the, uh, special hats. I Labor day, Labor day, Labor day, Labor day. Yeah. 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 Labor day weekend. Yeah. I get those mixed up all the time. Yeah. yeah Memorial day is not in September. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was it. I, I, I remember, I won't say where I was at um, uh, that night, but yeah, I remember where I was and just one of those just incredible moments from just an, an incredible season, an incredible fun team that overachieved and um, just, you know, did so many 
so many won so many crazy games lost so many crazy games you know you think that that team had that 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 uh the Braves game where they blew that like eight nothing lead like yeah like there's a lot of parallels between the 2010 team and in the 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 2021 team in, in in some ways I will never forget watching the ball bounce off Lance Nick's glove and going over the wall I will just never forget that moment we should have asked uh, Mo Ager when he was on the air. We should have mentioned that to him because that was the first time I actually ever met Mo. Um, my my buddies, um, we went to the Cincinnati Cyclones playoff game that night. And, yeah. Uh, um, um, they were their brother was friends with Mo, and so uh, I remember saying hi to him then. And I remember Mo. They said, "Oh, hey, hey Nick, he's a big baseball fan." Because my friends weren't big baseball fans, and like, and, Mo and we just both like shook our heads, like, "What?" what happened like, <laughs> yeah. and then they, they go and they win the next day and you know everything's fine all's forgiven Base, yeah baseball you know yeah i don't remember okay so the deadline that year they got willie bloomquist later in the year but i don't remember if they really made any other big moves necessarily in 2010 that jump off the page to me. Uh, well they got jim edmonds um yeah that was also a weird one Willie Bloomquist was not playoff eligible. He was back when you could do the waiver thing. Yeah. Um, they got him after September 1st. So he was like just a, a, I don't really understand. He actually was pretty nice, I think, for the Reds. They got someone. I, 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 I yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember back that far. But, uh, but yeah, they have a fun team. And, you know, and, and, um, even in the playoffs, I mean, I think a lot of people love to talk about Joey Votto in the playoffs. Dude's played like what, like nine, like like was nine, like nine games at bats. Yeah, like he has like two weeks worth of of at bats. Um, but look at the pitchers that the Reds faced in that series. I mean, come on. Um, and the the worst pitcher was was Cole Hamels, who was a ridiculously tough left-handed pitcher. So um yeah i mean i think i still bitter about that season is how the reds kind of like waffled it at the end of the year when they could have potentially uh um been the the the, th- the two seed yeah played the braves had, who the wild card yeah i played the braves and the the braves looked really bad in that postseason too and would have been a much much better match for the reds would have been the home team um yeah, so, you know, you never know not how things shake out. Yeah, I'll never forget when the – because the Astros were brutal that year, and they did the Phillies traded for Roy Oswalt. And I was like, God. Because you could see, like, the Reds were, like, in the running. You're like, okay, this, you know, they're likely going to win the division. Because uh, now after this – especially after the sweep against St. Louis, when everyone kind of thought the season was over, they went on that run in the season. Uh, but you saw the Phillies were kind of doing the thing. So you're like kind of saw like this last couple weeks, like the Reds are going to play in the Phillies. And you're like, oh, it's Halliday, Oswald. And you're like, oh, no, this is not going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, and, and they pretty much, they beat, you know, they pretty much beat Oswald. Yeah, they did. Know? I mean. Phillips has a leadoff homer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So one more thing on, on Votto's 2010 season as I'm I'm looking through it here. This is insane. I, I don't know if I ever ever heard this before so Votto had a 904 OPS in April he had a 1000 OPS every single month the rest of the season he did not have one month where he was below a 1000 OPS from May on that's wild 
yeah i mean just wow that's incredible yeah Whew. july he slugged 702 hit hits hit nine bombs and 25 games uh which is nothing for for you know 2021 joey Votto, but um <laughs> So here's the guys that Votto beat out for the MVP in 2010. Albert Pujols was second in voting. Yeah. He had 279 points. Votto had 443 voting points. Carlos Gonzalez, who people might forget, oh, was, a, was a freaking really good ball player yeah. for a while. Uh, he, you know, Ubaldo Hernandez won the Cy Young that year for Colorado. And Adrian Gonzalez was fourth with, with his tenure with the Padres. Toy Tulowitzki was fifth, Roy Halliday was sixth, and I'm not going to sit here and talk about Aubrey Huff, who was seventh, because he's a you know awful human being. Um, but yeah, so Votto was beating those dudes out for MVP that year. Uh, so yeah, and obviously we know how the next year goes and all that stuff, but that's when you kind of start seeing this trend going into 2011. The Reds were really disappointed that year. They were 79 and 83, but that's the year, you know, in that time frame, Votto... It's the third, it's third is a second season in a row. He leads the league in on base percentage. He had a 947 OPS, which is really pretty darn good, still, just not elite like he was the year before and the year after. Um, and then that's his first year he leads the league in walks. And I listened to recently Jay Bruce was on um, the athletic baseball show with uh, Ken Rosenthal. And they asked him about playing with Joey. And he's like, you know, we're in spring training one year. And Joey's like, and they're watching footage of himself. And he's like, I'm trying to figure out how to age better. As my, like my baseball career goes on, that's when he started making the commitment to like, I just want to get on base any way I possibly can. And that was kind of the beginning of that. He would did, that was the first, his second all-star appearance. Uh, that was the year we, we, we last bet on the show in the past where Scott rolled ended up being the starting third baseman as the like sixth alternate. <laughs> so yeah, and the Reds were 79 and 83 that year. They brought in World Series MVP Edgar Renteria, and it just never clicked. It was just a year everyone had a down year. Like, yeah. ev- everyone. Like, um, I mean, Votto was a 947 OPS. That was a little bit down. I mean, I guess it's down for Joey standards. But the Reds did not have a single hitter that had above an 820 OPS that year. Like, Phillips was 810. Bruce was 814. Everyone else was, like, a below – everyone else was a below average hitter. Um, outside of, I think Chris Heisey actually was really, was, was really good off the, the bench. He had that three home run game against the Yankees, but oh, even like the game? pitching, the pi- Oh yeah. I was yeah. at the, I was at the, it was a double header. I was at the day game. They lost. Um, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean like Bronson Royal had a five, 5.07 ERA and it's at Volk is 5.71. Uh, Bailey was 4.43. Um, Cueto was good and Leak was good, but I mean, everyone else just, just completely, you know, underperformed that year. And that's just one of those years. Just, it wasn't the Reds year, you know, you're, you're going to have us and they should have done probably more. Like they shouldn't have, you know, rolled in with, with the, the corpse of Edgar Interia to play shortstop. <laughs> Paul um, Yanish. Yeah. I mean, and Scott Rowland that year was a 676 OPS. So he like completely returned to, and that was, that was the, 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 the beginning of the end for Drew Stubbs. Um, I think I think poor Stubbs got got booed. Maybe that maybe that was the next year, but yeah, he got booed a lot. And um, 
Um, I probably booed him too, and I now I feel bad because I think that's so stupid now. Zach Kozar um, comes up and 12 games later gets injured. Oh, yeah. Zach Kozar came up looking like Barry Larkin, you know, and uh, yeah, that was just one of the, it wasn't the red year. You just, you chalk it up yeah. and, you know, whatever. But yeah, the next that year was, was. The next year was terrific. Well, it was, and then it wasn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just remember like the 2012 hot stove rod. I just remember it being like, I was working that day at, at still the same store that I talked about earlier. And this guy comes in and he goes, when are you guys getting your Matt late toaster? Because I knew about late toast at the time being like <laughs> this up and coming starting pitcher who were like, I had him in fancy baseball and he was like a, you know, he was just about anything but a lock for seven innings. I was like, what are you talking about? Because it was kind of talked about like, you know, the reds might be getting this guy. Um, and you're like, oh, okay, sure. Like the reds just made a trade to get Matt late And you're like, huh? And it's like, what'd they give up? And they're like, Alonzo, Volquez, Yasmani Grandal, and, and uh, Brad Boxberger. And I'm like, people are really going to hate that trade, but I like it. And so you're like, okay, cool. I like this. This is nice. Um, and then, you know, they go sign Ryan Madsen, which a lot of people forget. You know, Aroldis Chapman went into that spring training, was supposed to be a starter. And I still think would have been much better for the Reds, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and of course they trade for Sean Marshall, like right before, like I think a couple weeks before spring training and they sign Ryan Ludwig and you're like, Oh shit. The 2012 Reds are going to be for real. Yeah. And Ryan Ludwig had a phenomenal year that year. He yeah. way outperformed his, his expectations, but yeah, that was a, just an incredible year. Um, start with, with, with the Reds that, that season, um, the the mother's day home runs the reds were um 16 and 16 um yeah and this is a team that ended up winning I was at the game the night before 97 games um Votto hits that big walk-off green slip I think they were they were down like nine six right like they mm-hmm. needed four runs to win not um, only that they had a really long rain delay that day yeah was a, yeah yeah so, um, I mean, look, that team had so much talent. They probably would have figured it all out. But, you know, that kind of – I feel, it feels like that flipped the switch on that team. And um, and they just – they couldn't lose after that, you know. Um, that's one of those teams – who knows when the next time the Reds will win 97 games. Like, teams just don't win 97 yes. games very often, um, you know. Maybe next year, maybe, you know, with all these teams tanking in the NL Central, maybe next year the Reds can can kind of go on that run. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that team in, in Votto was about to – was, like, on pace to not, like, break the Reds' double record, but, like, demolish it. Like, he yeah. was just hitting doubles every two at-bats. It was insane. Um, and then he goes down, and he thought, oh, man, this team's in trouble. And they, they played better without him. It was just one of those years – it was the exact opposite of 2011. Everything went right during the regular yeah. season for the Reds that year. Yeah. You talk about the fact that Votto was like the doubles machine that year. He was really, I mean, he was, he was hitting really well for, like, for power. Um, and this is a time frame where to put kind of in context, like Nick said, like this team won 97 games, but the two guys hitting above Joey Votto in the order were Drew Stubbs and Zach Kozarch. So it wasn't like he had people like protecting him in the order. Like it was kind of like up to him a lot of those nights and he was kind of carrying him. And you know, that mother's day came, he has that stretch. And right before going into that giant series, 
you know, and I, a lot of people swear by it. There's nothing that, you know, you can say for sure, but you know, the feeling was kind of like he might win the MVP again. And he, I mean, he was having this tremendous year. He played really well. He started first base in the All-Star game. Like, I think he was like the leading vote getter by a ton yeah. at first base that year. It wasn't very close. Um, I think like Alan Craig might've been second like that year. If people remember that name. Um, and, you know, so Joey gets hurt in the Giants series, sliding in the third, goes and plays the All-Star game. They come out of the All-Star break and they play the Cardinals, who at that point are really good. They sweep the Cardinals. And then the Monday after, Joey goes on the injured list. And so it was like, that Nick's like, I was like, oh no, this isn't good. And they lose the first game pretty bad after he's hurt. Um, then Frazier comes in, they put him at first base, him and, you know, we know the story from there, him and Scott Rowland have this like crazy stretch. The Reds went 10 in a row. Marty Brenneman shaves his head, you know, all that fun stuff that people talk about all the time. Um, but from there, um, you know, Joey comes back and he doesn't, you know, I don't think he hit a homer after he came back, but you know, he's, he's getting the ball in the, in the, in the outfield. He's, you know, getting some hits and kind of like really kind of starts to kind of feel like he's kind of getting his groove. And then of course we know the giant series happens. Yeah. People, I think forget that bottom had a 500 on base percentage in that series. Yeah. Uh, he hit 390. Yeah. 389, 500, you know, he, he didn't have a single extra base hit, but, um, but he literally got on base every other time he came up. Um, so, you know, that was, and he was clearly not 100%. I doubt he was 50%, you yeah. know, um, if he wasn't, if he wasn't hitting any extra, you know, base hits, but yeah, I mean, you know, he, he gave everything he could, he, he had a great series, you know, it just, oh, I don't, I don't want to dwell too much on that. Just one of those things just, it didn't happen for the Reds and, um, you know, hopefully the Reds are on the other end of that. Hopefully the Reds are the Giants one of these years where they're not the team that should win. They're not the team right. that should, should go on to win the World Series, and it just happens to be the Reds. I mean, um, I doubt many Giants fans when they went to the playoffs that year said, yeah, we're winning the World Series this year. We got this yeah, like, in the bag. Barry Zita was in their rotation that year. Yeah, the game <laughs> four starter, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, one of those things. And, but yeah, I mean, but Votto, I mean, you know, 500 on base percentage in that series, you know, I mean, he, he, he did his part. Yeah, he did for sure. And, you know, unfortunately, Buster Posey goes on to win the MVP that year while he crushes our souls. Entire souls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you remember like the dumb, like, this is kind of when they started seeing the city kind of start to like do this thing where they're kind of turning on Joey. Like you said, the, the, you know, the louder voices um, and people are like, well, you know, he didn't hit any home runs. Is he, is he, has he lost his power? Um, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And you go in the spring, you know, like he doesn't hit a home run the first, like I think three weeks of the 2013 season. But again, they go and get Shinsu Chu. And it's like, Oh my God, we have someone in front of Vado who can finally get on base. And the Chu Vado uh, connection is one of my all-time favorite Reds duos ever in a lineup. Yeah, yeah, Chu and Vado were just were just so fun together. That felt like the first year that that the fan base turned on Vado. Yeah, um, I feel like you know everything up to that point. You know, 2012 he was hurt. There's an explanation, and honestly, he probably was hurt in 2013. Like, yeah, I doubt he was 100 that whole year. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's when the, the voices really started, you know, coming out. Um, I remember, I won't say his name. 
there was a, a Reds um, uh, a Reds uh, reporter that that year went on on the MLB Network. I remember watching it live, and they asked him, "Who would you say is the the uh, the National League um, Central MVP?" And he said, "Oh, Mc- I'd probably go McCutcheon, Molina, and Brandon Phillips." And like, just let, let's just like for the the disrespect that that was. So that season, Brandon Phillips had a 706 OPS. Votto finished the year at 926. And I don't think there was any sort of like fluky end of the year numbers that flipped either one. They were pretty much like, that's kind of the hit yeah. they were. And this is no, men is no disrespect to Brandon Phillips. Got a really good Hall of Fame Reds career. Um, um, but just like, that was appreciated, but but what Votto did, you know, Votto finished at 926 OPS, not his greatest year, but still an elite year. Um, just that was that was when it was hard, and that was when when the Reds announced that Barry Larkin was was coming on to to be the color analyst. I was like, oh no! I immediately <laughs> went back and I, I found it. He was on. Um, uh, Sunday night baseball game um, against the Dodgers. And he straight out like says, um, Joey needs to drive in more runs. He needs in and like just added on to that. And to Barry's credit, Barry has been an incredible advocate for Joey Votto, even when Joey Votto was struggling earlier in 2021 this year. Um, you know, Barry, and I don't think it was because he was looking at the stat cast numbers, but Barry was saying, oh, he's hitting the ball hard. He's, you know, um, so a lot of credit to Barry Larkin for that. And I, I wonder if, if some of the fan base is seeming to come back around some of the, like, as, as Mo said, when he was on our show, seems like some, most of the holdovers are starting to kind of, you know, turn back around. I wonder if Barry has something to do with that, you know, Barry kind of giving his stamp of approval, you know, on Joey Votto's Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if that's helped. Yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, because we we've we saw obviously we talked about this with the Brennemans. They didn't really help Joey's reputation with the fan base. And they were kind of, you know, guys who went after, you know, the whole thing with Votto and you know why Brandon Phillips should be there. And Phillips had like a hundred RBI that year, but he also had the two leaders in National League and on base percentage in front of him. So yeah. that was kind of wild. Um, I think he led the league in double plays too. Yeah. Or grounded into. <laughs> no one talks about that part, obviously. Yeah. I was actually at that Sunday night baseball game you talked about too. The Dodgers one. Uh, when Cozart has the, what was it? Cozart gets the, he scores the winning run from first in that game. Yeah, I think Hannigan. Hannigan yeah. the on the line. Yeah, I was at that game. That was pretty cool. Uh, so I'm glad I didn't hear Barry say that. But yeah, like you said, I think definitely Barry's kind of led to helped lead the fan base to kind of literally appreciating him again. Um, and then obviously there's the playoff game, the one game wildcard playoff where the Reds make the playoffs, which is awesome. Bailey Hamilton comes up. There's this electricity that they got this super fast guy that people think is going to be really good. And again, we kind of fall down that again. Um, and uh, Johnny Cueto obviously gets the ball in the one game wildcard against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Cueto battled injury a lot that year. Um, which was kind of sucked because I thought he was going to be tremendous coming off his 2012 season. Um, and then, you know, we all know what happens in Pittsburgh that night. Should have been Homer Bailey. Homer Bailey dominated the Pirates. You know, it was, yeah. it got too cute. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought I went over four in that game, but I mean, 
He's facing Liriano, who was really lefty, really difficult. He was awesome that year. He's a brutal matchup for the Reds. The Reds had Chu and Votto, both guys who that year had really drastic splits. Um, Votto was still a good hitter against left-handed pitching, but he wasn't the, you know, elite Joey Votto hitter against left-handed pitching. And uh, yeah, it was just, that was a, just a tough matchup for the Reds and, you know, and get down early and it, you know, it was, yeah, one of those, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, never will I ever forget when people said I would much rather be playing with Brandon Phillips and Joey Votto because of that one game. It was like, then go somewhere else because, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to hear this. Yeah, which also leads to Dusty Baker losing his job or didn't renew his contract or whatever it was at the time. Um, and Chu leaves, signs with the Rangers. And I think at this point, like Todd Frazier's kind of putting forth in the order behind Joey. Jay Bruce is kind of up and down. Brian Price gets the job as the manager of the Reds. And they have a really good first half of the 2014 season. Joey's hitting pretty well. I think that was the year he got hurt and he missed like 100 games. Do I have that wrong? Yeah. Yeah. He only played 62 games that year. Yeah. So Joey gets hurt, misses like the whole second half of the year. Phillips is hurt at the time. But there's still 700 games or so above 500 going into the All-Star break. They come out of the All-Star break and play the Yankees and just have a total meltdown without Joey. And it just was kind of a one of those, once again, really brutal years that kind of kicked into the time for the rebuild, or as, as, as they say. Yeah, the, well, they should have started the rebuild instead. They waited until 2015. Yeah, that was Votto's worst slug year of his career, 409. Um, was the worst um, 2019 was his worst OPS year, but he, he was only 799 that year. So, yeah, I mean, he was clearly battling injuries, only hit six home runs, um, only had 16 doubles. Um, um, even that was the only year um, that he was below um, a 400 on base percentage from 2009 to 2018. <laughs> and we're talking like, most of those years were like up in like the 430s, 450s, and he was down to 390. So he clearly, you know, wasn't right that year. Um, so we could just, yeah, skip that year. It's not really, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't healthy. <laughs> and in 2015, I remember like he got up to that really slow start, didn't make the All-Star game. Marty Brenneman goes on the air and says, let's just face it, Joey Votto is not an elite baseball player anymore. And then he goes crazy. I think that was 2017 he said that. Oh, was it? I, I could be wrong, but I think that was – I think it was in 2000. I think that was um, 2007, although he might have said it twice. I, yeah, would you shock you? It's possible. Uh, but, yeah, that was – I think Vada's maybe most – one of his – maybe his most underrated year. Finished with exactly 1,000 OPS, um, 459 on base percentage, 29 bombs that year um yeah that was just uh um an incredible year for a team that looked completely different at the end of the year than the beginning of the year I mean that was a team that uh traded a lot of pieces Bruce got traded at the deadline or no Bruce Bruce made it to the Bruce make it to 2016 uh yeah Bruce made it to 2016 yeah yeah but yeah that was just that was a a different team you know they had the all-star game Votto didn't play in the all-star game in Cincinnati. Oh yeah. I was there, but yeah, he just had, it had a, had a monster 
Um, second half and one of the, the best years of his career led the league in walks 143. Um, yeah. Finished third in the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't want to trade Johnny Cueto because they didn't want him pitching in the All-Star game for another team. And Johnny Cueto didn't make the All-Star game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was, that was great. And then of course, Cueto goes to the Royals for half a year and win the world series still one of the weirdest things ever um but yeah so in 2016 you know another ridiculous Joey Votto year I think that year too he also had like a really long slow start to the year where I think like at the end of May he was really kind of slumping and was it June on that he kind of like got into a groove and went kind of crazy um yeah yeah 640 OPS in April 818 in May and then uh, uh, over a thousand every month. The rest in July, August, and September were all over eleven hundred OPSs. Like that is his OPS for the second half of the season was one thousand one hundred and fifty-eight. That's insanity. Yeah, you don't see that too often. Is what we're getting at here. Yeah, um, yeah, that was just a just just a, a monster season. He was seventh in MVP that year. Yeah, probably, you know, probably should have been Chris higher, Bryant. but, you know, that's just, you know, one of those, you know, one of those that, you know, uh, just it's tough on a, on a bad team, you know? Yeah. Daniel Murphy was second in voting that year. Nolan Arenado was fifth. Daniel Murphy was second in an MVP vote. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's wow. tells you everything. Yeah. That's why. It's really weird. I know. So at this point, you know, kind of talking about if you're kind of here, the theme, the Reds are obviously not a very good ball club. Um, not really handling things very well as far as like the acquisitions they're making. It doesn't really make us feel like they're trying to win by any means. Um, you know, Skip Schumacher is like a big offseason signing at one point, one year during this whole stretch. Like Nick said, like all these guys are traded. All these guys are traded for like prospects that we're supposed to be that we're like everyone's excited about and those guys don't play very well. Billy Hamilton is rough. Um yeah, who was the guy they got from the Mets for Bruce that was like one of their top prospects? And he was Dielson Herrera. That's right. Yeah, Dielson Herrera. Scott Shevlin ended up being an all right player for the Reds for a little while. They got him in the Todd Frazier three-way trade where they also got Jose Peraza. I think I have that right. Um and Peraza was decent, you know, has a couple good years for them. But 17, Joey Votto, I've, we've said this on the show many of times. He was on a really bad baseball team, but should have been the MVP. Loses it to John Carlos Sand by the closest of margins. Um, Sand also on a brutal Marlins team that I think were worse than the Reds, if I remember correctly, by win, by win loss. Um, and, you know, Joey kind of has like this interview where he's like, how cool was that? You know, he's like, I know I lost. He's like, but I lost by the closest of margins. I think it was literally the closest in baseball history was the MVP vote that year. But the year that Joey had that year where it was like, that team was pretty bad, obviously. But every night, you know, he was kind of giving them something and getting them. He made you feel like he alone made them feel like he had a chance. They had a chance to win most nights. Yeah, that was just a, just, just an incredible season. Such a shame. A year like that was was wasted you know such a shame you know 16 15 16 and 17 were just you know wasted years but 
but um yeah i mean he was just 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 a monster that year you know led the led the league in on base percentage at at 454 led 54 led the led the league in ops at you know 1032 um played all 162 games that year yeah um just uh yeah just one of the one of the more uh, a season you won't see a, a season you really won't won't see um i mean i know the rest of like five guys like uh, this year um that are are having great years but not not gonna see a season like that very often yeah it's few and far between for sure um and joey did not start in the all-star game that year that was the year zach cozart did with the infamous i'll buy a madonkey oh yeah 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 yeah, that was a two to one extra innings all star game. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, not very good. Uh, and then the next year, of course, 2018, Joey's last all star year, plays 145 games, leads the league in on base percentage again at 417. Uh, his last, I can't believe it's his last all star season, um, but kind of goes back to obviously still really good, uh, for, especially at age 34. Um, but the team still is pretty bad. Doesn't look like they're going to get much better. They were 67 and 95 that year. That was the year Brian Price got fired if they started three and 15. Um, and once again, you know, Zach Cozart's left at this point. So it's up to Billy Hamilton and Joey Votto to lead the offense. And wow. Yeah. Um, that was, a you know, the year that it kind of started looking like, you know, Joey Votto was was starting to decline. Um, still finished, still led the league in on base percentage at 417. What a hell of a decline, you know. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the OPS was down. Um, only hit 12 home runs that year, um, which was which was interesting. So a point on Joey Votto. This is one of the the biggest pet peeves I have about the All-Star game, is it's so rewarding for guys who have big first halves. And Joey Votto's had a lot of years where he had monster second halves. So I, that's one thing that I don't, I don't love about the all-star game. That's I think I, I mentioned it on here before. That's why when I select players, I start, I start their stats when I'm selecting it from uh, the, uh, the first day of the second half of the year before through the current season. And I feel like it kind of gives you a better, better uh, understanding of the players. And yeah. I mean, it's just, Votto's only been in six all-star games. That's criminal. Yeah, it is criminal. Yeah, I'm like, look at the lineup that year. So that was Tucker, Joey, Scooter, Jeanette, Jose Peraza, Eugenio Suarez, Adam Duvall, Billy Hamilton, Scott Shebler. It was a fun team for a team that that lost uh, 95 games. They had some they had some good moments. Yeah. Um, for sure. One moment that sticks out for me was a uh, a game that I was at that year. Uh, Reds are playing the Indians uh, up here in Cleveland, and uh, they were down four one, I think, entering the ninth. And uh, it was it was uh, like that 2010 get Votto to the plate, and they they got him to the plate, and he drove in a big double, cleared the bases, put the Reds on top. There were two outs in that in that inning. Um, but yeah, he's still, you know, even, even, you know, that though, that year was, you know, kind of starting to see, you know, some of maybe the decline, he still you know, had some, had some really, 
really big moments um, um, that season. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. Um, so we go to the next year being 2019. This is David Bell's first year. Uh, the team starts one and eight. And, you know, Joey's kind of at this point trying to find. So he was, you know, obviously he's 35 at this time. He plays 142 games that year. Of course, my phone is going to go against me here. Thanks, baseball reference. Um, 357 on base, 760 OPS. And has a couple games where he like kind of DHs, like they kind of like when they're when they're playing in the American League, but um, really kind of the first like I wouldn't say you know like you, you kind of the second year of his decline, but kind of the voices of oh my god we're paying this guy this much which is so stupid, um, but kind of starting to see like people were starting to wonder is this time for Joey to age you know I mean to for the Reds to kind of look at their next options should they be platooning him he had a really cr- really rough start to that year. Um, Nick Senzel just came up that year. They had Derek Dietrich and people were in love with him for, you know, he was pretty fun for two months. Uh, and people were kind of asking, should they have Derek Dietrich play first base over Joey Votto was a real, a real conversation that was ha- people were having that I can't believe. Um, but yeah, so kind of a fun team, you know, Puig was on the team that year. Matt Kemp was there for, you know, seven games or so. Um, it was something. Yeah, that was a that was a really fun team. I I thought um, a team that that doomed themselves with a bad start, never had a chance really, you know, um, to to dig themselves out. But uh, yeah, I think if they would have started better, I mean, I think that's a team that 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 could have at least made it interesting towards the end of the year. And 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 again, that was also you know I know they they stumbled in September, but I think like Votto and Sinzel, they they kind of had a lot of guys just say, hey, call it a season. You have some nagging injuries or whatever. Um, that team played really really well. Kino came up and and and, and yeah, up. Um, but that that team in like you know June July August kind of had the like 2009 vibes. Like hey, this thing's finally turning around. Um, um, but yeah, I mean that was kind of the year where it looked like okay you know, maybe it's not going to be a gradual decline. Like we had hoped it looks like it's, it's going to be steep. And I mean, though, you know, some realistic conversations, but yeah, as, as I know, as we talked with Mo, I mean, Votto more than paid for all of his contract, he, yes. he, you know, whether you think if it doesn't matter if you think players are worth that amount of money or not based on what other players are, are, have been paid. Um, um, he had already earned it all. I mean, you look at some of the other contracts around baseball of guys that have not earned, maybe not, not earned, but have not produced like you would have expected for the contract. Joey Votto has, like yeah. he's already done that. So really once we got into the 2018, anything he did the rest of the way was, was pretty much gravy. You know, you hope he can continue to be productive, um, but he had already given you what you paid for. Yeah, I mean, you know, I bring up the reference of Miguel Cabrera all the time, who, you know, I know was a triple crown winner and won MVPs, definitely earned his, you know, earned his contract, as we say. But, you know, the last five, six years in Biggie have been pretty rough. Yeah. Um, I mean, even 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 a guy who I really like and, and I, you know, it wasn't his fault, but, you know, Homer Bailey, you know. Yeah. Um, um, his contract was half as much and he was, you know, got hurt and never really gave the rest really much much at all you know so i I just you know i mean i just i I wish people could 
you know, just kind of think, okay, it's already been paid for. It's, it's paid off. Like, yeah, maybe the house doesn't look as good, you know, now, but it's paid off. Like, you know, stop worrying about it. Yeah. Like you don't write the checks. So, you know, it's not your place. Um, is the point that I like to make. Um, and then of course last year, 2020 is the COVID shortened season. Uh, the Reds do make the playoffs at 31-29. They lose the series to the Braves where they get it, couldn't score a run. Um, but, you know, Joey has this stretch where he, he kind of like takes a couple days off um, and, and, you know, in the middle of the shortened season and pits pretty well for the, you know, this, this, that after he comes back and gets in the lineup regularly, helps the Reds get into the postseason. Um, you know, had an okay game, you know, that game one against the Braves. Um, I know he had one point where he had the runners on. They, they did, he didn't bring them in, but they, you know, they lost one nothing in extras. You know, it was just kind of a thing with where things didn't go their way. Um, but you know, I don't think it was necessarily Joey's fault that they lost by any means. And of course, you know, I know it's like not a ton to talk about there with that season, but it was great to see them play playoff baseball again, even if it was extended. I still appreciated it. Yeah. Um in in that game one um Votto led off the 13th with a uh uh with a hit um actually got a rally start reds you know i think he kind of had a base running gaff or you know something like that but um but yeah he 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 performed pretty well in those those years got on base three times which for you know the reds didn't get on base like at all um and he found his way on three times yeah i mean he had a and it's, I, I, who knows how that would have been remembered yeah. if the Reds would have gone on. I don't really know. Do Dodgers fans really treasure that? Um, um, I, I don't really know. It's just such a weird, weird season. Um, the end of the year was awesome, and Vada was incredible down the stretch. Uh, they had that one game against the Brewers, it was the, the third game of the three-game series where it kind of put the – put the Reds in the driver's seat going into going, going past that, you know, Votto hit a massive home run, I think off Brandon Woodruff. Yeah. Um, who, who was good. Who was really good that year. Now we know really how good he is. Um, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, he was just, he was incredible down the stretch and um, that was when it started flipping. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's still some left in the tank here. Yeah, which brings us to this year, where obviously he's having this tremendous year. He talked about changing his approach. Um, you see now that he's hitting fourth in the order behind two All Stars, um, and but you know even though he's changed his approach as far as being more aggressive at the play, being more aggressive in the strike zone, he's still drawing walks. Um, he's still helping his team a lot. Was just National League Player of the Month. Had that incredible stretch of ten home runs in ten days. Um, it's really been spectacular uh you know to put it one way or another you know he's not i know he's not the joey Votto of old uh that 2010 to 2013 era 2016 era but still to be producing at this level at his age i mean you know you think about like age 37 going to 38 years for reds guys like griffey was an all-star at age 37 and had a good year at the plate but was not very good defensively um i know joe morgan you know had a pretty good career going into his later years and like round baseball what besides like Barry Bonds you know it's not often at a guy at 37 38 it's the way Joey has this year yeah and it's just it's the way he's being productive for yeah. me that's just the the most uh cool part of it um his on-base percentage and I know you know 
I'm not going to say what it is because by the time people watch, it's going to be completely, you know, right. Different, but I'm um, his on base percentage when I, when I'm looking at this and is, is above where it was the last couple years when he was kind of still more in that, that, that old Joey Votto um, on base machine, which was super productive and super um, successful, but you know, he kind of had to, all right, Hey, I, I'm going to strike out. It's not a big deal. I, I just got to accept it. And he's actually still been able to get on base about the same amount. Um, probably more from pitchers, you know, maybe having more, um, be, be more fearful of him, having to be more careful pitching to him. It just kind of results in more walks that way, as opposed to having to grind out these walks as much. Um, but just the, the power that he's shown, it's just, it's incredible. And, and it, it, it really goes back to just the way that he's kept himself, you know, in shape. You see some of these other 37 year olds, 38 year olds on the back end of these contracts that already have everything paid. Um, they aren't in as good a shape as uh, Mr. Votto is. Right. And Votto plays first base, you know, you can kind of get away with a little bit more, you know, but it's really a testament to him for the work that he's put in um um to stay at at at, you know this level and you know kind of jump back into it but yeah i mean man it's we're we're down to these you know last couple years we probably have two more you know realistically looking at it after this year uh man just 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 cherish it and when bottles on one of these runs like he's been on of, of late um man it's just it's 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 special and you're you're not gonna you know, you're, you're not going to have another player like Joey Votto again. Um, and I know me and Tim will be there on Cooperstown. Yes, uh, we will. Um, and, and if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, I will be tweeting every single writer that didn't vote for him every single day, telling them how dumb they are um, in the nicest way possible. <laughs> probably not. I'll probably just be livid. Uh, someone probably better take my phone um, if he's not a first ballot. Um but yeah, it's just what 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 an incredible career. Um, and you know, we we haven't really talked about just the the change of personalities um, of of Joey to just become this um, guy that embraces the the social aspect of the game, the um, the marketing side. You know, um, I wonder if. If, if Joey would have been this this player or been this personality back in in 2009 2010 and look that's that wasn't who Joey was then there's nothing you could do about it and that's fine I, I wonder what his market marketability would have been like then would Joey Votto kind of have been a more you know famous um athlete to where people on the the Dan Patrick show aren't saying dumb things about him right. um just because he kind of got you know, pigeonholed into this, this hole that um, he's this shy guy that doesn't, you know, really have much of a, uh, of a personality, but anyone who's a Reds fan that's watched him the last five or six years knows, wow, this guy's, you know, uh, uh, one of the, the most, you know, well-spoken and athletes that, that has fun and, 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 and genuinely gives you the content as a fan that you want out of a player. Yeah, because you remember, like you mentioned, like you know, would he be this way? In 2010, he had a Sports Center commercial. Do you remember that? Yeah, but it was forced. Like that was yeah. forced. Yeah, it was I definitely mean... like it was. The Reds were like kind of an attractive team. They were getting hot, 
and they're like well we have the mascot here so like it was like yeah okay and then of course he has the intentional talk in 2013 where he dresses as the mountie and that gets kind of people laughing i remember there was i think it was that summer um say what you will about lance McAllister. i know he's not everyone's favorite um but they did this thing where every week joey would go on his show because i guess he was kind of like leaning more into like i want people to know more about me and um was like every week was going on there and like talking about different things and just talk about like different things in sports and uh he talked in there about you know idolizing kobe bryant and really appreciating kobe bryant played for one franchise his whole career and uh, it was right when that Richard Sherman thing happened, like when the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl and he talked about how he appreciated like his emotion and things like that. And it was pretty cool because it was kind of him opening that door. At that time, he had started the Joey Votto Foundation, which was awesome. A uh, really cool thing. I, you know, I know it didn't end up working out forever, but I don't think it's anything where he just would quit on it by any means. Um, again, another thing stupid Cincinnati fans were mad at him for that they never donated a dollar to. Um, but yeah, I think this new energetic, fun Ted Lasso referencing going on the Dan Patrick show and, you know, joking around with about, you know, you know, with Dan, uh, the fact that Dan's from Mason and, um, you know, talk about how we never had Skyline. He kind of stays away from the conversation and uh, just having fun. And, you know, I think with the, you know, the moment that kind of opened people's eyes to, this new attitude of Joey Votto was, of course, the Brewers game when they swept them, and he scores from first to give them a 2-1 lead, and he's just going wild, like pointing at Barnhart at, at, at third because Barnhart advanced to third on the throw and just kind of like, like, all right, this is this is pretty freaking cool. This is awesome. Yeah, it's just it's Joey Votto, just a guy who's constantly evolved as a baseball player, as a person, um, as a personality um it's just that that that's why those of us who love him that's that's why we love him man just because he's just um he's a, a larger than life figure and i'm sure you know my son's two right now i'm sure that i will cram down his throat how great mm-hmm. Joey Votto is and you know, you know old man talking about this great player that, that that played in his era and um you know like 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 you know, Reds fans do with the, with the big red machine, yeah. you know, like rightfully so. I mean, those, those were, that was, those were their guys. Um, I just, I, I hope, I hope with everything in me, you know, not just for me as a Reds fan who desperately needs the Reds to, to have some success in the playoffs. I'm not even saying win a world series. It just be, would be so cool if what a series you if know. Votto could, could, could go on a run in the playoffs. I think if you get Votto to the playoffs, Jinx, I feel like he's just, I feel like he's ready. I feel like he's just going to have one of those moments. Man, it just would be so cool for him to, to, to really get that moment that is you rewatch over and over again that you, you show for decades. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, man, everything within the red should be get Joey a ring or get, get Joey Votto a chance again, you know? Yeah, because I remember when they were kind of going through the rebuild and they were kind of stalling on getting better. Like in spring training, he would have this conversation where he's like, I'm tired of losing. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm sick of it. I'm paraphrasing, of course. He's like, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to lose like this. He's like, I want to be here, but I want to win. And when he did that interview in the offseason with Jim Day for Jim Day's pod, he was like, you know, I'm embarrassed to say, like, it was the first time I played winning baseball in a long time. Um, 
again, paraphrasing. I, I can't quote the man for anything specifically, but um, on the field, I think, you know, like you said, like it feels like he's ready and you're seeing to uh, thanks to my friendship with you and doing the show, you've taught me a lot about the baseball savant page and looking through that and just seeing like how he compares to the rest of the league on like average extra velocity, max max of velocity, hard hit percentage, just kind of learning more about what that means and what he's doing just kind of makes you appreciate it more and more. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, baseball savant compares current like players to like the rest of the league and their percentile. Um, but you know, we remember, you know, Joey Votto in his prime for being elite was the guy who hit the ball over the field. And his 2021 spray chart looks pretty similar to those days as far as hitting the ball everywhere in the field. Yeah, I mean, the stat cast numbers say he should be better than what he's done, which has just right. been incredible. Wild. You know, Wild. This, you know, you think, oh, yeah, 37-year-old Joey Votto, he's, you know, he's, he's got a, a 900-something OPS. Uh, probably a lot of luck in that. He probably got a lot of things to fall. No, he's he had terrible luck in April, and he's still just done this, and that's just – it's it's so awesome. I mean, just – Blast. Um, and, and he he knows it, too. He said in an interview, you know, he, he when he had the, the 10 home run game, oh, well, my first home run was like a, a .90 I expected batting average, and my last one was a 990. Just that that's baseball, you know. <laughs> and that's awesome that he he knows those numbers. Um, I like to think, you know, at midnight and when I'm on baseball, savant.com, <laughs> Joey's on there too, looking at the same thing. <laughs> yeah. The first one he hit, the first number hit in the stretch was I was at the game because my wife took me, it was my birthday. And I had this really awesome day. I was like, the only thing that would make my day perfect, babe, would be if Joey Votto had a hard run for me today. And sure enough, he hits one. I was like, and then hits one after that, and after that, and of course the Cubs series, uh, MLB The Show gave him a special Diamond Dynasty '99 overall Joey Votto player. I know you play the show, but we don't do that. It's it's a rabbit hole. I highly suggest not going down it. Um, but yes, like Nick said, so I was really excited to be able to do this. Um, I know we just want to have something up for you all while we're gone, while Nick's enjoying vacation with his family. Uh, so I hope you guys really like this. Um, we might do more of this because we're looking at what we're going to do in the off season. So let us know what you think of this episode, how you like it, what you want more of. Um, we definitely really enjoy, you know, Nick and I are never going to turn down an opportunity to turn on our mics and talk about Joey Votto because of what he's meant to us as fans by any means. Um, and especially, you know, as much, as much as we would love to have Carlos here to kind of tell us about like his time with Joey and like their friendship and stuff, which is cool. Um, you know, we uh, will have to wait for that for another day, I guess, but Nick, you know, thanks for this, man. I hope you are enjoying your vacation. And when you come back, I can't wait to hopefully be talking about a very important series where the Reds have a good set against the Brewers in Milwaukee. Yeah, Nick, I hope you're enjoying your vacation too, as, as, uh, as this airs. And uh, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, the 25th, we're going to have a, a late, um, a late show because the Reds will be in uh, Milwaukee. Ooh, going on right after right after a game in Milwaukee, an 8-10 game. So we'll probably go on about, about 11 o'clock. But, uh, but, yeah, we'll have a live show for you guys next week. Um, hope you guys will join in for that. Hopefully we're talking about good things uh, at that point. Yeah, but Tim, I had a lot of fun doing this with you, my man. Yeah, man, it was a blast. Everyone, have a good night. Five-star reviews and have a podcast, please. There's a lot of way for us. And uh, as always, go Reds.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.